With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. My name's Nick Roushan. I hate Tennessee. Welcome to the KSR Football Podcast presented by Justice Dental. You're looking at four folks who hate Tennessee because they are low down, they're dirty, they're snitches. Uh, we don't like to generalize here, but Tennessee fans are collectively the worst group of humans um, ever. I think ever. Is that safe to assume, Drew Franklin? Is that fair? Uh, they're number one on my power rankings, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And uh, somehow you're related to one of them. It's Yeah, uh, he's included. Yeah, yeah. Real, real scumbag stuff. Uh, Adam Luckett did not have to grow up to, next to them like Freddie Magger did. Freddie... Um, did you ever feel dumber when talking with Tennessee fans? You know what's the worst is people that grew up Kentucky fans for like 20 years of their lives and then all of a sudden they're, you know, naming their dog Smokey and wearing orange crap everywhere. And, yeah, it's bad. I mean, you know, Whitley County, Corbin is bad. And then Middlesbrough, then over my area, you get some Tennessee and some Virginia Tech. Tech people are nice, but Tennessee people, I mean – I know a few of them that have been Tennessee for life, and I like them, like Tony Petrosky and some other guys. I mean, that's just who they are. But the ones that change later in life, I, I, they're out in my list. It's like when a bunch of people in Louisville became Indianapolis Colts fans because Peyton Manning was there, right? Like, you can't just – just because Peyton Manning's over there doesn't mean you got to cheer for that good-for-nothing program. I just – I don't know. I, I look at. I almost hate Tennessee as much as I love Justice Dental, but I actually think I do love Justice Dental more. Um, it's a close. It's really close. But Justice Dental, they're great. It's convenient for all the folks in Central Kentucky. Whether you want to go to one of their convenient locations on Blazer or Wellington, proud presenting sponsors of the KSR Football Podcast. It's so easy to book an appointment with Justice Dental. You can visit them online at justicedental.com. You can call them at eight five nine. Five four three zero seven hundred, or you can text that number and set up an appointment today. Whether you just need to get in the rotation, get some cleaning, or maybe you're you're wanting to really upgrade your smile with maybe Invisalign veneers, whatever you need, they'll take care of you at Justice Dental. Your one stop for your smile restoration. Justice Dental, great friends of the KSR Football Podcast, great people uh, because they're not Tennessee fans. It's really hard to go one and the same, and I, um, it's one of those things that like we, I, 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 I learned to hate Tennessee. Um, it, it wasn't something I just like. It was, um, you know, I, I knew how gross and disgusting they were. I knew it was a bad idea to wear that color around, but I didn't really learn to hate Tennessee until. That stupid game in 2007 when I had to hear people like Donovan singing Rocky Top on and on and on, and then Lona Sieber gets his field goal blocked in overtime. Look, at, we were this close, this close to that upset, and I just I, I was scarred for life by that song, man. It just it's 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 basically the soundtrack to hell. Yeah, I think a lot of the fan angst has to do with what Freddie's saying, like people that grew up in that portion of the state that had to just deal with that. Tennessee dynamic, um, especially with the when they were good, like top of the top. They're long the time 90s. ago when they were good. Long yeah. time ago. And then I think another part of it, Nick, is like you just talked about. There's been a lot of games where Kentucky felt like they should have won and didn't, and they've got it thrown in their face by Tennessee fans, whether they were at the game or friends or online. So there's a lot of that animosity going on, uh, plus a border battle. The te- these teams have been playing for forever. Uh, you know, ge- geography, so the teams are really <clears> close. <throat> and it's just – this feels like – like Mark Stoops has done a lot of good here, but this feels like the one where he hasn't – he hasn't had as much success as he probably should have in this series. You know, look at Florida, what they're doing. South Carolina, Missouri, they've – He's had a winning record against both of them. Louisville got that series turned around in a big way. 
but this is kind of the last final piece of the permanent opponents that he plays every year. This is the one that that I think the Kentucky fan base wants a lot, and I think it also like some of the comments we're getting both on the board and on Twitter. I think a lot of that has to do with just um, history, you know, just battered history with with this team. I'm expecting the worst to happen, and for that to change, Kentucky's got to go and beat Tennessee a few times. Yeah, that logo has um, been present for many bad days in my fandom. Uh, that's that's what we've dealt with. But, you know, you can take a step in the right direction uh, by securing a big win this fall. Kentucky has not beaten Tennessee since 2017 at home. They did knock them off um, uh, back in 2020 when Tennessee was ranked. And uh, the one guy, the one fan who's just yelling, another pick six! Another pick six. I think Jerry Garantano just threw another interception. Uh, that was a lot of fun. This year's game is going to have a much different feel to it, I'd imagine. Um, I, you know what, though? I, I gave Donovan a hard time. He does seem like one of the ones who isn't that bad. But um, he also asks, is the SEC basketball race just between Kentucky and Tennessee? Isn't that weird that, like, Drew, I can't imagine Tennessee fans. I, I thought they were a women's basketball school, not a men's basketball school. It has been weird to, to see them recently flexing their basketball muscles. Uh, when Pardon My Take took over KSR this summer, there was a lot of uh, Tennessee bragging about how they go to basketball now. That That's so weird. I think they're middle of the pack in both. But I do find it interesting talking about that 2020 win that was so fun. My boy Boss Man Fat making plays. Hold him to seven points in Knoxville, but looking at it, Tennessee has scored 99 points in the two, in the two years since. So as fun as that year was, got to do some cleaning up on defense this week to avoid a, a third straight disaster. Because letting them get you know 44 and 45 points again, uh, can't be having that, or it's going to be a long weekend. 99 points. 99 points is a lot. I have a little assignment for you guys hey, on this podcast. 80, 89, but. 89? Sorry. 99 sounded 40. better. What was it, 45? 40? Yeah, that's that's 89. Wait, it's you a know, lot of options. points. Sorry, 89, 99, <laughs> 79, way too damn many. But Don't I, give I them that much credit. I come to the podcast with an assignment today, boys. Oh. Um, I've said on this morning's show on KS Board, check it out. I'd pick Tennessee right now. But I think we got about 15, 50 minutes to change that. I know Luckett and Freddie will talk a lot of ball. Nick, you've already got that hate going in my heart. Feeling pretty, got that, those butterflies going a little bit. So if you all will, for the next less than an hour now, please get me all the way on the right side of this with more hatred and uh, explaining a little of how the football has changed with Tennessee running the ball down there now. Oh, oh by I, the end, I want to pick the Cats. I think we can. I think we can understand that assignment. I think we can get yeah. to it um, because I would just start by saying, "Hey." Tennessee has Joe Milton as their quarterback. Oh. Ooh, I'm shaking. <laughs> Joe Milton's going to throw it 150 yards outside of the stadium. Ooh. It's not scary. He's Joe Milton. He's he's going to he's going to sail past 20 feet over somebody's head. And you know what? If it, the only thing that would scare me is if I'm sitting in that front row cuz you might get knocked out by an errant football, all right? Joe Milton, not good. Two. Freddie, we know this Tennessee team likes to run the football. You know who's pretty good at stopping the run? Kentucky yeah, Wildcats. Kentucky right now against the run, only giving up 95 yards a game. So that's that's a that's one of the advantages for Kentucky. Drew, I'm gonna I'm leaning towards you today from the show. I'm gonna try to I need to be changed too because that Missouri loss to me was very disturbing, and I I, I have concerns about this team's about this team that is. Uh, me, that is more than structural, X and O. So we'll, hopefully I'll get that. But, you know, for years, going back to what you said about the rivalry, for many people, the older people, and there's not probably not many watching on the YouTubes, but Tennessee was the rivalry. Louisville, Louisville, to me, Louisville is still not a rivalry. I mean, I don't hate Louisville because I didn't play against them. But Tennessee, you got to realize during that time, there was, you know – both teams were filled with players that were recruited by both, right? And Tennessee had a, you know, Johnny Majors and Phil Foreman had a great trick. They would call you on your visit or you would call them, whatever, and say, go look where the basketball team lives and, and sleeps and then go look where you sleep and call me back. I mean, that flipped a lot of guys because it was true then. But yeah, it's, it's a rivalry that, I don't know, it's just something about Tennessee that's just been a thorn in Kentucky and uh, got to get past that. 
But I, I, I look at this matchup and I don't, I don't like it. I'm sorry, Millie. I don't like the matchup. Neither does Millie. <laughs> Millie, you got a dog named after Joe Milton? Oh no! Yeah. Yeah. Oh no! That's a bad sign. That's a bad sign. Um, I know how we can change your fortune, though, Freddie. We can go get on Prize Picks right now. It's a great app that you can get in on the action with Daily Fantasy. And what's great is right now there's a lot of sports happening. It's not just football. So just go on, log into that app, pick four, six players. You pick more, you pick less. Um, and if your combination hits, you can win up to 25 times your money in any entry. 25 times on your entry, whether you're mixing between Monday Night Football uh, or you know you, you're you're fading Kirk Cousins, primetime Kirk Cousins, and then you're calling out Jose Altuve to get a pig hit in Game Seven of the ACLS. Hell, they even got NBA starting this week, and they're going to be offering free squares for you to stream together some big time combinations. Like I said, up to twenty five times your money on any entry. Just pick two to five or six players. Stream together. It's in 31 states nationwide. Get in on the action this season with prize picks. And when you use the promo code KSR when you sign up, you're going to get a 100% instant deposit bonus up to $100. So download the prize picks app, promo code KSR. Get in on the action today with prize picks. Look at, I know Freddie, he needs, so I guess we're going to have to be the ones that are really talking them into it. And I, I think, I think part of what you meant, Freddie, Fred, like, if you take out the X's and O's side of it, there is, like, our friend Bagel. Like, if y'all aren't on KS Board, y'all probably don't know Bagel. You need to get it on KS Board and meet Bagel because <laughs> I don't know how to describe Bagel, but he is just a, a character um, unlike any other. We actually need to, like, meet Bagel. We need to get to the bottom of who he is as a human. But Bagel McCoy is an interesting fellow, and he made the point – during like we had a thread going to Mark Stoops's comments like, how do you all listen to blah 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 like basically like this is coach speak. D- did you sleep through it like I did? But like the thing about this coach speak is that like when wading through some of it, I do get the sense that even like I don't know if he's just trying to portray or project that confidence in his team, but I do get the sense that. The panic, the disturbing, the the nature of which Kentucky just completely flamed out against Missouri that really struck, like just hit us in our souls and got everybody so damn flustered. I don't think Mark Stoops, like I, I, I think he still likes his team in spite of that and that the way Kentucky lost did not rattle him nearly as much. Are you buying that? Because I, I sort of am and that's why I'm, I'm, I'm getting off the mat this week ahead of this big Tennessee game. Yeah, I think there's a lot of that there, but I also think he had maybe a fragile team after that game. So you got to kind of rebuild their confidence. And that's the one thing you worry about because if it, like, this game's going to come down to the fourth quarter and can Kentucky make the plays to go win the game? I mean, we don't know. You know, Florida game didn't really, Florida Vanderbilt game really didn't come down to that. Um, that that was the first time we really saw Kentucky in kind of a pressure cooker situation was against Missouri, um, outside of maybe EKU, and they just did not handle it well. Um, now they got a couple tough breaks in there, um, and so that was that was unfortunate. But you still got to play through that kind of stuff, and they just didn't handle the adversity well. And uh, for what you know, that doesn't have to define you. You can kind of reset and figure out what you need to do as a team, but that is concerning. To see that was what we saw when a big at a big moment, I mean, they just kind of had a meltdown. Uh, but for this week, Nick, I think it's very important to recognize that this is not like this is not Tennessee last year. This is not Tennessee's offense two years ago. There's gonna be there's already I mean I've already seen it. People just um, already waving the white flag, assuming that Tennessee's just gonna walk in here and score 42 points. They played three Power Five teams, Nick. Florida, Texas A&M, and Bama. I think Kentucky's defense is in the ballpark with all three of those. They score 20 points, 20 points, and 16 points. Like, this team is not – it's not the offense they've had the last two years. They're having some trouble in big games, and they have not been good on the road here lately with Heupel for whatever reason. They, oh, they Drew, struggle. do you know what their record is in their last six road games? Um, no, but if you do, please tell me about it because I have a feeling it's not great. 
It's not. Let's see. It's yeah, one. we got Florida. We got uh, Alabama. Yeah. I know those oh, two. Those were losses. Those are losses. Yeah. Where else have they gone this year? Anyone well, else? they did. They did go to one place and get a win. Um, but it's actually in their state, and it only holds yeah, like count. eight thousand yeah, people. Count. So that's their only win on the road in their last six road games. They got blitzed by South Carolina. I want to say, look at they're giving thirty points per game. The other teams are scoring. Yeah. And have they scored more than twenty in the last three road games? I don't think so. Yeah, South Carolina. I mean, you had to go back to last year, like Vanderbilt, South Carolina. They scored oh. more than that, but they gave up a uh, a fifty burger plus a, a, some cheese oh. there in Columbia. But I just I. I, you have to look at all that, and then you have to look at, all right, Tennessee is a flawed team with a flawed passing offense. Um, Joe Milton's got one of the worst explosive passing rates in the in college football. Like, oh, that's the guy with the come. big the guy with the arm? No, that, there's no way, it. No. That, that's no the way. team coming, coming into your house. You're coming off a bye. The, the, the spread is three points. I mean, Vegas is telling you they think it's a like, pretty close to pick them. Like, that's a game you should expect to win. And that's a game you should go – you need to go out and win. By, I mean, bottom line. And so, like, I mean, let's see what, what happens. But I don't – like, this is not – Kentucky's not just – it's not some cra- – it would be some crazy upset if they went out there and won. And I just think we should talk like that before the game instead of crowning Tennessee, which I think some people are doing – and they really have no reason to be crowned. I mean, they're having they're having the same issues Kentucky is in a lot of ways. If we're going to be honest, penalties, composure, uh, disappointing season from their super senior quarterback. They're having some of the the same problems Kentucky's had. Yeah, um, I actually I need to I need to relax some, but because Drew, all I want to do is just make fun of Joe Milton, their dumb head coach. Just like, we I can just, do that. Um, but I, that's fun. But I, this, Joe Milton uh, this summer was like the best player in the history of college football when he'd already failed five times. But Jordan Rogers said he's the best quarterback in the country among many other people. And now look at him. That Joe Milton. Th- that one, yes. That yes. couldn't win the job at Michigan or win the job when he got to Tennessee. Oh yeah. Or again, and now they're just stuck with him. But suddenly, just because he got a year older, magically he's a good quarterback this summer. That Joe Milton. Right, but he's not a good quarterback still now. Like yeah. he's just yeah. like very, very average. The guy who can throw it 120 yards, but can't complete a pass 20 yards down the field. That Joe Milton. Um, we we need to remember that because I think at, to Luckett's point, we saw Kentucky secondary, especially in like two minute situations. I think we're a little bit frazzled by that pass defense. But you know what? The other part of this choking too is. Is Jalen Hyatt suiting up for the Vols this weekend? Is what? Are, Nay. I don't. What? What about Cedric Tillman? Are they? Nope. He, he's they go. He's not walking through that door. Okay, just wanted to be clear. Um, this Kentucky secondary, they do have something to pr- prove, particularly in the back end. But Freddie, we've we've seen the cornerbacks be playmakers. Uh, Maxwell Harrison, Drew Phillips got picked on a little bit. But you know what? I'm not willing to throw out the first um, six games of the season just because the last one was bad for Phillips. So I, I don't think it's one of those where I'm just automatically going to pencil in, uh, you know, 20, 10 big plays, right? Like just, hey, maybe don't give up a 60-yard touchdown on the first play. Like let's start there. And yeah. if we can if we cannot get dig that hole to start the game like the last two years, then you can get back on the right path. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. This Tennessee offense is not as dynamic as before. Averaging 438 total yards, which is fifth in the league, but last year, 526. I mean, it's a big difference. And in the past, 326 last year, 221, so a, a huge drop-off. The concerns I have are the potential for explosiveness, but I don't think Tennessee is very explosive. The defense, the Tennessee defense, I think, is a lot better than people are giving credit to. James Pierce is a dude. I mean, I really like that guy. And and to the question, the guy that paid us about Tyler Barron, yeah, Tyler Barron is, is, is good. He's a dude. Yeah. But Omar Norman Lott, to me, looked better in the Alabama game than Barron. You know, so I don't know. They, they got some dudes that, and a lot of havoc. That always concerns me with Kentucky. Tennessee, 28 sacks, is third in the league, 57 tackles for loss, third in the league, 25 passes defense, third in the league. That, that concerns to me a lot. Back to your question, and, and in the prior well, podcast, 
we talked about the corners and safeties. Um, I sent you all these numbers. Phillips and Harrison, the two corners, Mm -hmm. 72 tackles, two and a half tackles for loss, five interceptions, and five pass breakups. That's getting it done. Drew, Drew had a little rough outing last week, but the corners have played great. How about Childress and Lovett combined, 43 tackles, zero, zero tackles for loss, one PBU. That's, those are the numbers that describes what we've been talking about in the last two or three podcasts about the corners are playing great or better, way better than we expected. But where's the safety crew that's supposed to be the strength of the defense? And I think to Freddie's point, how Tennessee is winning games, I think if that game breaks out like a low-scoring slugfest, I think Mark Stoops and his coach, that, that's where they're more comfortable if a game breaks out like that. I think they actually probably like that about how that game could break out this year. Um, and then, yeah, I think safety's been one of the bigger disappointments. I think, you know, Andrew Phillips had a rough game against Missouri. Um, but him and Harrison are both, like, I don't question their effort level at all. And they're playing hard, and they seem like they're in the right spot. Where the safeties, it's like, sometimes I'm like, are they even on the field? Like, you don't even see them. Like, what's going on? Um, that's, and that's concerning because we thought Lovett and Childress both could bring up some play, making splash plays to the defense, and that has not been the case at all. And then you're down Jalen Geiger. That means Ty Bryant's your next man up, true freshman. That, that has been – I mean, you can make the argument up there with the passing game. That's probably 1A, most disappointment development of this season. Yeah, I mean, I, not having good safety play is not what you want going into the Tennessee game because they can expose you, even though they've not done so. I watched the Alabama game again, and what's his name? Squirrel mm-hmm. yeah. scored on a vertical. This, uh, he was matched up against the linebacker. Same play that Tennessee hit Kentucky in 2021 with DeAndre Square. Same exact play. So they can provide uh, mismatches, and it worries me that the Kentucky safeties have not played at the level we think they were going to play. And if they struggle Saturday, they will boat race the Cats. I'm sorry. Yeah, in the run game too, for how they split you, you got to make like there's gonna be times where they they crease the front. And your safety's got to make a tackle on space. Yep, open field tackling. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it was also a lot of talk this week too. Like it, it's like, hey, um, guys, just got to make plays. Like you know, a lot of this time it ultimately comes down to if it's one on one, your guy has to beat that guy, right? Whether it's the receiver catching the pass. The safety making the tackle on the open field. Not getting beat at the point of attack, right? Like, some of this is just basic stuff that Kentucky has to be more consistent. Uh, Freddie, I did look up. I want to. You mentioned uh, Pierce and Barron. Pierce is third with seven sacks in the league. Barron has five, and that's good enough for seventh. Uh, there's also a guy named Edgerin Cooper that has six sacks. Haven't heard a guy named Edgerin since James. Do we think he's named after the Colts running back? He's a stud. Edron is just, I just never only heard that name one other time. One I don't know Edron's. Yeah, not a lot of veterans out there. I don't really like the Colts other than I like the fact that they cover at home. Shout out to that. Uh, shout out to the covering Colts at home. Um, I don't want to completely derail this football podcast, but I do need to share a story with you all. And it's not completely off topic. We're going to, we're going to talk plenty of Tennessee. Um, we're going to answer some of your questions in the chat. Um, there's some follow-up business we need to um, attend to as well. But um, football coaches do some weird stuff for motivational uh, purposes. Uh, Freddie, do you know who Jeff Trailer is? Uh, negative. So Jeff, Jeff Trailer, he coaches the Roadrunners of Texas San Antonio. They play in the Astrodome. Um they started one and three. They've been really good the last couple of years, but their offense was shaky after a uh, former Louisville Trinity guy, Will Stein, moved on to uh, Orkin. But they've won three in a row. He wants to keep the team – he wanted to keep the momentum going, right? But he didn't want them to, to fall into a trap, right? This is like Nick Saban rat poison. So instead he said, don't eat the cheese, and he put a mouse trap in every player's locker. We've heard this before, right? Like coaches, they, they do this dumb gimmicks. 112 of them passed out. Well, uh, so what did one player do? They put one of the mouse traps on his podium. 
he snapped it and uh yeah it he caught one on his finger so um one coach was busy kicking a gatorade cooler the other one was trying to motivate his team in another way and instead got a mousetrap on his hand jeff trailer just uh football coaches uh, what god love them god love them i mean i i i God love I think you got to go full full football guy mode at that point and just leave it on your finger the rest of the week. Just leave that <laughs> mouse trap to keep the message going. And snap it to your shirt and just have it dangling from you the whole week. I saw I mean, Drew he, fight through the pain and shake 814 hands with a finger that's half cut off. So Drew yeah. Franklin played through the pain at Keeneland, and I was an eyewitness. I was trying to lead with the left, but you know, left-handed handshakes, those are weird. I just had to suck it up and play. How's it how's it looking? Is it um you want to see it, it back to normal? Is it YouTube approved? Do you want me to reveal? It's oh man, gross. what if we go? I'm fine though. I'm all good. Okay, you're good. Really, this is this is such a blogger complaint. It only hurts when I have to capitalize letters because that's my shift key finger. So I keep it wrapped and padded just to be able to type. Otherwise, you know, I I'd be hundred percent. But you know, Capital words, quotations, it's still holding me back. But I'm all right. I'll be ready by Saturday. What's our uh, What's our injury report? I wasn't there for Stoops today. We got any uh, – we all good? <laughs> we got some Will C's? Looks like Geiger's out. That's about all we got. Yeah. All right. The depth, got... chart, depth chart looked like another copy-paste, so that, that, was, that was right. Well, we put Orr next to Jagger Burton's name. That's so true. So there was that an was acknowledgement that he didn't play last week. Um, there also was a, we're getting healthier. I don't, I don't like how much he's complimenting Dave and Rayner like it. Cause it makes me think that we're going to see more of Dave and Rayner and I want to see more of Trevin Wallace, but maybe I'm just like reading too much into it. Yeah. You, like your guess is as good as mine. Like what the severity of Trevin Wallace's injury is, you know, we got, and we got more word how Barian has been playing hurt, playing through an injury and, he pretty much said, like, he's not practicing or he's limited practicing, and that's hurting the issue. Um, and then he's getting frustrated in games because he doesn't have, I guess, the built-in reps, so there's some rust or whatever. So that, 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 that was about the biggest injury update I think we got today was that Barian's been playing through an injury and that they were pretty banged up, and they are, more, they are healthier now than they were when they took the field against Missouri. We, we do need one other update. Chaka Cummings was asking us in the YouTube chat. Freddie, um, did, did we get a new tattoo this weekend? The people want to know. No, no, I didn't get enough. I, didn't, I only got like two or three suggestions. So. Oh, I come mean, on. Well, come, come up on, with people. a good one and I'll, I'll roll with it. I don't care. What do I does, that mean I, does that mean I'm the winner? I see you the big Kroger's. That's it. Kinda That's it. Wrist tat. Well, okay. That's it. Maybe maybe we need something like some steaks, like not like steaks like that you eat medium rare. Yeah. Um, but like if the cats beat Tennessee. Oh no, I ain't no no no. That means I'd have to have confidence in Kentucky beating Tennessee and I as of right now I don't, but I'm not putting a T on my body. I no, 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 I'll no, no. God. I I'll be, I Hey, I read Dante's Inferno this weekend, so I'm a little bit freaked out about hell right now. So, uh, no, no tease on this body. <laughs> that, I, I wouldn't ask my worst enemy to do okay. that. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I do like Shaka's 606 suggestion, too. Um, that, that, was, that was another uh, good idea. Um, why are you reading Dante's Inferno, too? Are you trying to get, like, spooky season, like Halloween stuff? Dude, I have... You know, I can't play golf because my wrist is bad. I really don't have any hobbies, so I picked up poetry. So I went to the Kentucky Book Fair and picked up, I don't know, eight, nine books, and that was one of them. I've always wanted to read it. I always heard about it, and uh, I sat down. I didn't watch a snap of football on Saturday, not one play, and I read the entire day. And huh. Yeah, a lot of fun. I'm a big poetry guy. I bet you all didn't know that, right? No, you're a poet and you didn't know it. Huh? That's a very Nick Roush response. I know. I, I can't help myself. I'm sorry. I can't. Are you, Freddie? Are you do you like do you like spooky movies at all? Or are you out? Not on... really. I, I don't know. I mean, I like Halloween, the one that the rock singer guy did recently. Oh, uh, the Rob Zombie one. Yeah, I yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. 
But I'm not a big, and I, I and I've watched a few of the Texas Chainsaw Massacres, and I like those. But okay. other than that, not really. No. My kids are a big fan of Halloween decorations, so we got spider webs out in the front yard. What a spooky! It is. It's going to be a spooky Saturday for Josh Heupel too. And if you want to be there for that, Mark Stoops, he asked the Big Blue Nation to show up and be loud to bring it uh, because Krogerfield has been rocking this year. They need it again Saturday night. If you don't have your tickets yet, download the GameTime app right now. It's it's very easy. You just push the button, boom, you've got the GameTime app. You can scroll through. You can find your seats. It's a sellout, but you can still get your tickets with the GameTime app, and you can get $20 off your first purchase with Game Time when you put in promo code KSR uh, before making that first purchase. Whether it's to go watch the Cats and get rowdy at Kroger Field, or you're going to a concert, show, comedy show, whatever it may be, Game Time is your hookup. The fastest growing app, the fastest way to get tickets. Two clicks, that's it. You'll have the tickets on your phone just like that. Do it to it. Be there because here's the thing, folks. I know that like I, we were kind of talking last week about like, oh, the season's halfway there. No, there's two more times you can go to Kroger Field this year. That's it. And one of them is a Saturday night against the Tennessee Volunteers. You want to be there if the Cats can get this win because it's it's like look it. I I don't. I know there's a lot of uh, and Freddie's kind of there. A lot of people are there. They're having a hard time getting off the map. But if there's a win this Saturday. You, you can really dream big, and, and the other part of it for me is is I'm pretty confident. I can I can say with confidence, Kentucky's probably going to go two or three in those three road games. So to have that eight-win season in hand, if you beat Tennessee and Florida at home and you go eight and four, if that's kind of the path, like I don't know too many folks that are going to be complaining a whole lot about that. You can get a lot back by winning Saturday against the Vols. Well, I don't know about that necessarily, but um, yeah, I think if you win this game, like it's the ultimate swing game, the biggest game on the schedule at this point, because if you win this, Nick, we've talked about this a lot, like they people remember what you do in November. So what were you doing in November? Were you playing in like big games or were you winning, those, winning games or were you you know, playing in kind of meaningless games. Um, and that's a swing here for Kentucky. Um, and just to put it bluntly, like you have a chance to beat Kentucky and Flo- – or excuse me, beat Tennessee and Florida in the same season. When's the last time they've done that? Ooh. I mean, we're talking in the 80s, bare minimum. I know that's been something we've pulled before. That's a, that's but, very much a Corey Price hat, but yeah, it. I thought it was going to be a quick one. It was not. It, it's been a long time. So, I mean, that's a big deal, and so you. And I think it gets everybody on the same page, and then you have to like if you win this one, you have a chance to set up a, a huge home game with Alabama, ranked versus ranked. Uh, it's just a it's a huge game, and things have gone really sideways for them in more ways than one, even some off the field. Like if they can get. A win here, I think it gets a lot of people back pulling in the same direction, and then you can start dreaming big again. But a loss here, and then things really got a chance to really unravel on this team towards the end of the year. And so it's just a huge, huge game just from that regard. And then you look at it, and it's not, it's not a game I think Kentucky should walk into and be like, well, I don't know if they're going to win this one. Like It's a game like the circumstance and the situation, it's a game you should expect them to win. I don't care what team is on the other Sideline, just you got to get over the the fact that the other team has an orange T on their helmet. Um, it's a game Kentucky should go out and win. Whether they do seventy sevens, thing. Sorry, seventy seven is the correct answer with my yeah. quick research, which is probably wrong since I thought ninety nine was eighty nine just a few minutes ago. There you go. Ooh, seventy seven. What were you doing in nineteen seventy seven, Freddie? I was getting ready to start my little league career uh, for the Braves and win two titles. So, Ooh. how about that? Well, that means some time has passed. Enough time that Kentucky needs to get this done on Saturday. And I, I, I did want to go back to the running game, though, because uh, Mark Stoops made a comment today that is, along the lines, I'm paraphrasing here, here but 
you know, could we run the ball 20 more times a game and have a better chance to win? Maybe, but we need to grow this program. We need to continue to throw the football. And uh, I, I think this is also like Tennessee's pretty good against the run Luckett. So as much as you want Ray Davis to be able to get his, you do, you got to do some throwing and catching. And the way that Stoops has mentioned Demi Sumar Carmbe, I get the the sense that that's going to be a part of their wrinkles. It's like, well, if the other guys ain't going to catch it, then we're just going to line up the running backs out there and they can go catch the football. Um, because whatever we got to do, we got to figure out this passing game in order for us to be the program that we want to be. Yeah, I think that's for both sides. Like, one of these quarterbacks is going to have to go win the game for their team on Saturday, in my opinion, unless something catastrophic happens. So who does it? Is it going to be Milton or is it going to be Leary? I think both of these offenses will have some success running the football. These are two really good rushing offenses. But over a full game, they're not going to win the game, in my opinion, by running the football. Uh, Their their quarterback is going to have to go and make some throws at some point. And so which side does that? I mean, that's – and I think that's what Mark Stoops was alluding to a little bit in a statement. But overall, I think big picture, Nick. Kentucky did the, the whole, like, screw the pass game, let's run it. They've done this multiple times, and they've won games. But I don't know that it's helped their program big picture for the same folks and same fans that that and the guy the guys inside that program that want to keep climbing that proverbial ladder, that want to get in big games and win. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like, you want to compete with Georgia, you're not doing it running it 40 times. You're not doing it running it 50 times. You're not going to have – you don't have a prayer if that's, like, your offensive strategy, if you go into a game with a team like that, with that roster. Over a full season, you eventually have to have the quarterback, and you have to be able to go throw the ball. Um, For Kentucky to have a breakthrough season, if they ever get a star, like a next-level star quarterback, they need to have it set up where they have a scheme and a system that they can just plug him in and you can take off like a rocket ship. Um, and I think that's more of what he was alluding to. We have committed to this pro-style Rams, McVeigh, Shanahan offense. We're going to see through it and work our work our way through it. And we've got our coordinator that we believe in. We've hired him twice. <laughs> that gummit. I mean, like they've doubled down here. And so we just got to – you have to work your way through it. Um, I don't – like Kentucky's always going to have like a ground-and-pound aspect and a run the ball and play-action pass. They're always going to want to run the football – but they do have to be able to pass it. They can't just throw it out. Like They're going to have to be able to throw the football to win some games, not only this year, but long-term. And I think that's really important for them to not quit on the running game because you never know when something like this can just click. Um, it might happen Saturday. It might not happen at all, but I think that you at least have to try. Yeah, and to your point, when you look at the two quarterbacks, um, I think Joe Milton played decent in the Orange Bowl, um, but I've also seen him throw a football – it was either out of bounds or he ran out of bounds. I forget how that one game ended. Oh, Miss. Um, yeah, where there was trash on the field. You know, there's a lot of garbage cans when you talk about Tennessee football. I mean, how can you not? Um, they are a garbage can of a program. So um, I've seen Joe Milton do that. I've seen Devin Leary win big games at home. And I know that that was my way of segueing into an addery. But part of this, too, Drew, is like the, the home field aspect of this keeping the fans engaged, you know, maybe you don't need to start like such a lightning bulb to keep them involved. Uh, but if, if, if they're just there making life difficult consistently for this Tennessee offense, I feel pretty good about Milton making mistakes in this big environment on the road where you, we saw what Alabama did in the second half last week. They made Joe Milton go beat him and Tennessee didn't score another point in the second half. So Go do that again. <laughs> try, try to replicate that, Kentucky. Take away the running game. Let the crowd get loud at Kroger Field and try to rattle this guy who can throw the ball 150 yards through nobody's hands. I've seen some commenters on our thread here say they're worried that the turnout turnout might not be good after the last two games. Uh, I don't think that'll be the case, but I do think Stoops was very intentional in talking about that today. 
He even mentioned creating some havoc for Tennessee's offense when someone asked about communicating with his safeties. So, you know, sometimes you get the generic, we hope the fans are there and want to be a part of it. But Stoops went out of his way in the press conference and on the show tonight to talk about how they can really disrupt Milton and get in his head. And I think it's, I mean, the start of that Florida game when he told them to pound beers, I know it was fun because he said pound beers. That place was rowdy as hell for an early game, and and that matters. And the fans saw it and heard afterwards when all the players kept talking about it. So they have to recreate that again. So does he just tell us to, like, smash some bottles? Like, uh, do we need uh, – It's just just wink. Like, do it again. Y'all know what you need. Just do it. Well, because that that feels like that was an uh, eternity ago, right? Like that. Yes. that, That just feels like that happened six months ago. It was three weeks ago, everybody. Like, we can – uh, but I don't know. I, it feels like it's going to take – I'm not worried about people showing up, but I am worried that there might be a little bit of malaise in the atmosphere. And if the weather doesn't cooperate, like are people going to still turn out in full force and, and, and really rock that house on Saturday night? I don't know. I, don't know. I do I think- worry the people there will be like quick to tap out if something goes wrong early. I mean, those people I saw in halftime Missouri that were losing their mind – if there were to be, you know, some fake or some mistake or early penalties, I think the groans and the boos will be way too loud uh, in a game like this where you need the crowd in the whole time. I think people will be will quick to check out if something goes wrong early. Yeah, I think the place will be juiced up, but I think what you will worry about is just, like, right, what Drew said, if something goes wrong or if it gets tight late, you know, then you just get nervous. Uh, because who you're playing on the other side, and then I think the team, I think the team feels that. Because I've been in that stadium when it gets tight. Um, a lot of times it came against teams like a Tennessee or a Florida, where they there was something hovering, like a team that they just could not knock off. So that's what I would worry about. I think that place is going to be juiced up um, and ready to go. But you know, but that, a lot of that's you know, Stoops can ask all that, but a lot of that's just it's on the team. Like at the end of the day, they got to go play better in Tennessee. If they do that, they're going to win the game. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Nobody else has said this is a make-or-break game in a lot of Yeah, absolutely. Not just for the season. This is a make-or-break game for the fans, too. I mean, I think Kentucky fans right now are a little bit of a crossroads, you know, a little bit of a – you know, they they want to see it. Those last two games, you know, against Georgia and Missouri kind of put a damper on some stuff, you know, because it wasn't just getting beat by Georgia. It was how they got beat by Georgia. And it wasn't just losing to Missouri. It was self-inflicted errors that just caused a comedy of errors that, you know, just didn't sit well with a lot of people. And uh, this is a this is a crossroad games in a lot of different ways, in my humble opinion. Yeah, and that's the why you the sport's so awesome, and so many people love it because you can flip it just like that. <laughs> you know, this is why football, college football is awesome because you get these rivalry games and you go and win them. They just like this is a game. It just means more um, than in another win. It just it means a lot more like this game is worth like would be worth like six South Carolina wins. Just considering the circumstance, um, it would go a long way and then it would get everybody, I think, juiced up for what could be a fun November but Freddie's right. If they don't win this, they lose this. It's another SEC East loss at home. Now, that doesn't matter anymore moving forward, but you would have all these losses at home to teams you figured you should beat at home, and they ha- they're they not winning these games at home. You're looking at a potentially a 6-6, six and 7-5 six, and five type of season, and that's not what you thought. Like This was supposed to be a bounce-back season from last year. If you don't get it, I mean, it's a huge game from that aspect. I mean, a lot is on the line here. I mean, it's a, it's a huge swing game. There's no well, denying that. Because then you then last year isn't such a one-off, right, Freddie? Then you start, yeah. like, adding things up, and you're yeah, like, wait, it, this is going the wrong direction. Yeah, and I'm going to add to that. SEC home games. SEC home games at night. Big difference. Night yeah. games on the road in the SEC are not easy, no matter where you go, right? Missouri game. I mean, that's why that game was so – I don't know how to say it. Disgusting. So I, I don't know. It just it, it really impacted me because it was at night. You were favored. You had the better team, and get beat by seventeen by uh, Drinkwitz, right? I mean, and and the best player on the on their team has two catches for what ten yards, whatever. Tennessee is at night. It's at home and it's at night after Keeneland. So I'm saying the fans are right there on it. If you don't, if if 
I mean, I don't think Kentucky actually has to win. I mean, I think Kentucky has to win. But if Kentucky plays well and, and fixes some of these problems, a loss, you could probably move on. But if you have the same thing against Missouri and Georgia, you have that against Tennessee, it's time to stand in line to get in Rupp Arena. I'm sorry, I'm just a realist. That's, that's the way the season's going to go for the fans. Yeah, I, I just think you just I think two it would be two years in a row where I think they would have ruined a really good opportunity with how the schedule kind of set up. Um, and this year more so because they wouldn't set the stage for a bigger game later in the year. Like you get Alabama at home later in November, and I mean you were five and zero and and trounced Florida. You had a chance to really make that game kind of matter on like a national scale and create another. Game, a big game, and a lot of times these big games, they haven't really gotten them at home. Like Every time they played Georgia when everything was teed up, it was on the road. They played Tennessee last year teed up on the road. This would have been a home, a big game at home, and that you kind of ruin that opportunity would be disappoint, highly disappointing. Um, and, again, back-to-back seasons. And you made changes, right? You, you, could, you had your scapegoat last year. Um, you had the offensive line and OC scapegoat. You don't have that this year. So, why? like, what's going on that it's not working this year? And then it would be another loss to Tennessee in a game that was very much, I think, kind of a 50-50 matchup entering the game. Um, that would be disappointing. Yeah, I wanted uh, – Heath asked, if, shouldn't they win at all costs, and that might mean throwing as much if the run is working, despite today's message from Stoop? Like, he's going to do what it takes to win the game. But they have to get this passing game fixed. Like, this is year 11. They can't, like, keep kicking the can down the road. The way they're recruiting and the way they want to keep building this, they have to get the passing game going. Um, bottom line, if you don't, you're going to be hurt in recruiting and you could be hurt from players leaving the roster. Um, if your passing game still continues to not be good, then they just have to get it fixed. They've got too many resources invested for it to be this bad. Like, they have to get it fixed, but they have to commit – Time and energy and all that to get it fixed. They can't mm-hmm. just say, "Oh, let's pack it in, guys. Let's go to the let's play the Iowa offense here and run, run, punt." Like they have to be willing to throw and work their way through it. And they're gonna like they're not good enough up front, guys, to go beat teams just running the ball. Like they're gonna pop some runs, but Ray Davis is gonna. There's gonna be a lot of second and nines if you give him the ball 32 times. There's gonna be second elevens. There's gonna be third and eights. Like, you're going to have to throw the football to beat teams in this league. They, The fact that they've been able to do that, it's kind of crazy. But they're going to have to – like, they got to throw the football to win games. Yeah, and so yeah. they got to just – you have to figure that out. That's almost like this, the biggest step they need to take right now is just figuring that out. And then we, you can go tackle, tackle bigger problems. Well, and, and, and I, I think Heath is also worried, like, well, does that mean we're not we're not going to run it if it's working? It's like no, no, no. If that's this is Mark Stoops football, they're going to yeah. run the damn rock. Right, but, right. Yeah. But his overall point is he's not losing confidence in Devin Leary. Like that's that's the outward message he's portraying is like, hey, um, these guys are still decent. We can still throw the football. We're going to grind our way through this damn thing. And and a lot of like, sadly, I think the part that um, maybe not Freddie was alluding to, but like, Freddie, you're not alone in being completely – like, I was like this last Monday. I could hardly write a damn word on our website because something about that Missouri game just really sucked the life out of me. There's a lot of people who felt that way. And I think a lot of it is because of the way that the game just didn't even – like, even in a loss, when Mark's tube seems previously lost, it didn't feel just that boneheaded, that dumb. Like, when in doubt, like – they were going to run the football. They weren't going to kill themselves. It was something, you you know, maybe you weren't proud of, but there was some characteristics to it, and that didn't even feel like a Mark Stoops loss. So, I, essentially, I think what we're all getting at is the growing pains have just been a lot more painful than I think we anticipated while transitioning to uh, an offense that isn't, you know, from the 70s, right? Like, that, that does a lot more throwing the ball around the yard. You're just asking a lot for that breakthrough to happen on Saturday night. But if it does, like you know, Kentucky, like I still th- – that's how you can get everybody back, right? It's like you, you've you had this – like the guys that we talked about all summer that we thought could be good, they played short of expectations. But like 
they've shown it at some point in their career that they can play good football, right? You just got to go do it. A lot of this analysis, Freddie, that we have, like it's it's really just like go play good football. Like I mean, I don't know, like you're hitting the guys in the numbers, they're dropping it, the plays, they're open. Like you you have to just go do it. The team hasn't done it consistently enough. Will they go do it on Saturday? If they do, they should win this football game. If they don't, then we're going to be yelling and kicking and screaming here again next week, and that's and it, it's going to get ugly. I'll just go back to the first two drives or the first four possessions of the Missouri game. That's the Kentucky that I expected, right? I mean, I think mm-hmm. that's the Kentucky that we all expected on both sides of the ball, and then it just flipped. You know, and I use Adam's stats all the time. And I appreciate that, Aaron, uh, Adam, but <laughs> it's just not happening. I mean, the tight ends have caught 13 passes this year. Yes, it is the Rams. Yes, this is the 49ers. But no, Kentucky's not using the tight ends. So, I mean, they're, they're doing a great job blocking, you know. But mm-hmm. when the, with, the, with the target ratio as lopsided it is to one player, and you're not getting a return on investment in that heavy, heavy – uh, I don't know, heavy, heavy emphasis on one player, then Kentucky's not spreading the wealth around. I mean, I, I, you know, I talked about this at, on, on, on my show with Tom Leach this morning. It's, about, it's like a, an investment portfolio, right? You want to spread that money around. You want to spread the football around. Kentucky's not doing that. You're, you're sinking all your money in, into one fund, and you're not getting returns on it, and you keep doing that instead of spreading it around to the tight end, spreading it around to the running backs. You know, give Leary some completions here. And, and I'm not being critical of one player or the other. It's just this is not the offense that I was expecting. I mean, it's not because of Devin Leary. And Devin Leary has been very disappointing. But he's had very little help schematically, personnel-wise. And it's just not been the offense that I was expecting. And with that havoc-producing defense on the other side of the field, I mean, I'm having a hard time getting excited about this game, Drew. Getting excited will be there. Um, I didn't get fully convinced like I hope you all would get me into. But I do agree with what we were just saying, that if they can pull this off, at least me, I can't speak for everyone, I'll forget they even played Missouri. I'll mm-hmm. chalk that off as that was just some lingering Georgia of a freak special teams play and then just everything started collapsing, starts spiraling, it gets worse, it gets it's worse. If they can bounce back and beat Tennessee, I don't even care how it looks. I mean, I would love for Leary and the offense to get it going. I would love to see Dane Key and Baron Brown get close to 100 yards each, have a touchdown. But if they just beat Tennessee, at least in my eyes, they're forgiven for what they've done to date. Georgia was always going to happen. It didn't need to be that bad, but it was always going to happen. Missouri didn't happen at all. And men in black me, whatever that thing is, it's gone if you beat Tennessee. And uh, you're right back on track to uh, to the record I was expecting in the preseason. It's all about winning. Just yep. win, baby. Just win. We'll we'll still have problems to fix, win or lose. We'll yeah. worry about them next Monday. But beat Tennessee and all these things we've been complaining about, the frustrations we had to carry with us through an extra week with the bye week. At least in my brain, I, I've forgotten all about it. One hundred percent, Drew. I, I, I will I will wash away last year's Vanderbilt and this year's Missouri. If we can somehow beat Tennessee on Saturday, yeah, that that'll be gone, and I'll be back to normal. But right now, I'm not normal, so deal with it. You know, it's just this is me right now. So uh, again, last week disturbed, two weeks ago disturbed me pretty damn bad. If you can't tell, it broke all of us. All of us were broken. Oh, Freddie's microphone tap just cracks me up sometimes. Sometimes it. it just really slaps, you know. Uh, but you were talking about investments, Freddie, and I think a great way to invest is to invest in our community, our teachers. Yeah. Oh, Eckrich. Look at that They're doing $1 million challenge for teachers. And, folks, we've been telling about you this to you for like a month. Well, you've only got till the 26th. I'm not good with calendars, but I think that's Thursday or is that Friday? You've only got till October 26th. It's this Thursday to sign up the teacher in your life for a chance to win up to a million dollars at the Alabama game. Go to Eckridge.com, go to the promotions tab, nominate a teacher. You can also click on the post on KSR. All the information's right there. Nominate a teacher in Central Kentucky before October 26th. That is the deadline for them to throw for a million bucks to dedicate to their local classroom, to their local school. They'll get a chance to go down that field for the Bama game. 
throw a ball through a hoop, win a million bucks. It's a great opportunity with the extra yard for teachers, a great charity. So please visit Eckerts.com, sign up the teacher in your life. Even if they're bad at football and they can't hit the broad side of a barn, they're going to bring some money back to their classroom thanks to our friends at Eckerts. All right, look, it, we haven't done a good job convincing Drew. So um, <laughs> You have. No, but we got to do just, a better it's job. It's the curse. It's the curse. It, yeah, none, but, of it is, none of it is football related. It's yep. I was born in 1985. I felt guilty for the streak. I came into this world, <laughs> and we had beaten Tennessee the year before, and then I was almost 30 when I got to see my first Tennessee win. So my like many fans, you all too, it's all about – looking backwards with this one. It has nothing to do with the actual football. They could roll out a quarterback with no legs, and I would still create a scenario in my head where how they're going to lose that game just because it's happened so many times. What do you but call you know, a quarterback with – What do you call a quarterback with no arms and no legs? Uh, Joe. It's a, it's a good one, Nick. Do, do y'all do do know those jokes? Like, what do you call a guy with no arms and no legs? that one up no in the lab all weekend? <laughs> no, what do you call a guy with no arms and no legs laying in front of a door? Matt, we we call a guy with no arms and no legs leaning on a wall. Yeah, that, that's just that's, uh, that's a detail sales joke if I've ever heard one. <laughs> there's, there's, like, there's like there's, I can do this all day. I can do this all day. Yeah, Art got yeah. me. I'll admit it. Art the Joe one was I. I'm just I'm coming off the cuff because Joe Milton he stinks. Max Harrison, you know what? He might throw more passes to Max Harrison on Saturday than to Squirrel or. Um, Chipmunk or whatever the hell they call him. Um, because Max Harrison, we just need to get the cast off of his hand. Because he'd probably have two more picks if we could just get that out of there. He'll be ready. One, we'll all be thing, ready. One thing's got to happen is Kentucky's got to punt the football better. Yeah. I mean, field no position's killing this team. I mean, let's just uh, – since we're all being honest, we're, here, we're you know, it's just us four talking here. Field position has destroyed this team. One, one of the downfalls. And that's got to change. I don't, I don't know if it's personnel. I don't know if it's style of kicking. I don't know. I mean, you know, and I can I, I, I have a punt in the SEC game, so I can talk about this <laughs> with some expertise here. That needs to get better. And I, you, so. and you I don't know how it. he could go from, like, being so good to so bad and nothing changed. Absolutely nothing changed. And that's Stoops' yeah. thing. He's just like, I mean – because maybe you could question the Aussie change at the beginning of the year, but he was great for a month, and then it's just like. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he did. He began the year as the starting punter, 2021, and they did the Australian thing, and it didn't go well. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think that's the thing everybody's forgetting in all of this. I don't think they just, like, said, let's stop doing it. I just don't know if, how good um, they they were at that before. and. Like, to be honest, everybody wanted Stoops to hire a special teams coordinator. He goes out and hires one, and he's running how he runs it, and people are getting mad. Like, I, I do, they do have to punt the ball better, but I don't think it's because they're not – the guy's not running to the side and punting it, in my opinion. I could be wrong, but, you know, like Nick's saying, he just – he's he has some mishits with the driver <laughs> off, the, off the deck, off the tee. You know, sometimes he hits, hits, the, hits the toe of it, when, and then sometimes he can mash it. Um, you got to hope he can find that form form back, but yeah, I mean it's frustrating. Ups. It was, I mean, Saturday was frustrating because you just can't you can't just hand the ball to them. And last year in this game, that was an issue. Like Tennessee had the ball six times at the Kentucky forty or better. Um, like they had this huge field position advantage in the game. Um, now part of that's on the offense for not moving the ball, you know. And you got like if you're backed up, you got to get first downs to get your to give your punters some room to operate. Um, so I mean, it it all it goes hand in hand. It all works together. But they do need to punt the football better, not just Saturday, but throughout the season. You can't have that. Well, it, we could have a situation here like Drew. My so my son was born right before this game a year ago. I did not make the trip to Neyland, and I, so we're we're having a little first birthday. He's going to smash the cake on Saturday afternoon before I make my way to the Krogue. When he smashes that cake, he's just smashing the bad vibes that we got from a year ago. So that's how we get past them. And we can get past them too with some more no arms and no legs joke. Y'all want some more? Sure you do. <laughs> what do you call a guy with no arms and no legs in a pond? Bob. 
good one. What do you call a man with no arms and no legs in a pot? Stew. <laughs> what? Dude, these aren't getting a bunch of laughs? I mean, it's not It's not getting me fired up to take down Rocky Talk. Okay, Stephen, play, play my clip against Tennessee. Give us something to laugh about because <laughs> this joke by Nick is not working out. <laughs> was, that safety, was that a safety or a linebacker, Freddie? Uh, that was somebody that I had oh. words with about 30 times in three years. Carl Pickens. He and I, uh, me, he and I did not uh, care. Don't exchange Christmas cards. Just put it that way. Okay. Yeah, he was a heck of a player, though. I can't take that away from him. But if you noticed, I did not slide, nor did I go out of bounds like those wimps do today. And I'm uh, paying for it, but you know, hey, you you know my theory behind that, Adam. What's that? I never did slide or go out of bounds, and I tried to inflict as much as I could on the DBs. My thinking was in a legal way now, because I was I was 240, right? I mean, I, I was pretty big, strong guy, and I put a few of them out of the game, one or two. So my theory was, if I could hurt them before they hurt me, that's advantage us. So. That's why I didn't slide. And I'm, football you know, player. Yeah, I'm play. I'm paying for that now. But you know, that's it is what it is. Could end up like that's the only court. play that I we've talking about. That's the only play I have of my entire career at Kentucky is that. We need to go find you some more highlights. Um, I'm good. I'm you, good. you won't find one. Or like Bryce a, has them out there somewhere. Good. <laughs> I don't want to see any nobody send it to me because I get too depressed. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, well, I, I'm just hoping that we aren't too depressed on Monday because that this team does have a way of making us get to the depths of our depravity. And we don't need to be there. And, you know, it sounds like a lot of us got there after that Missouri game. I don't, I don't want to see a world where that happens after another game against Tennessee. Um, it's It's... I know it's tough. It's a tough pill to swallow, but you put the shoe on the other foot. Foot. You beat this team. You realize, like, okay, it, you know, Missouri. They might just be pretty good at football, and they got the best of Kentucky after a fake punt and things went awry. So, a lot's on the line Saturday. As Peak has us do before we start all of our videos, we got to just like, in this, we just got to like snap it and then just shake it off. Uh, I think to your point, though, Luckett, that the best thing that could happen for this team, though, is for them to not only start fast, but if they get punched in the mouth once, to have a counter punch. Because I yeah. don't. That's like, going to happen. They got to adjust. They got to respond better. I mean, regardless of when it happens, yeah. they have to respond better. But if you can show fans, like we're smart, if you can show fans that you have a counter punch, then you're going to keep the crowd engaged for as long as that game's within, you know, a score, right? Like you're going to have everybody in that game going into the fourth quarter. And really, that's there's been more, two drives all year where it's the game has been a game in the fourth quarter. Um, you need to have the fan base engaged at Kroger Field, that thing rowdy when the game is on the line. And, and it starts by showing that you, you've got a counterpunch because that's something we don't know if this team has yet or not. Yeah, and defense, yeah. the defense needs to come to play Saturday night. Yeah. Like they, They've given up 80-something points the last two games, and this team that they're playing has embarrassed them the last two years. Like The defense needs to come to play. On Saturday night, they have a lot to prove in this series because they have been embarrassed um, by these guys, and so I'm excited to see how they kind of bounce back and yeah. play on Saturday. Yeah, I think Brad White yeah. might be taking it personally, Mister Maggard. Donovan, uh, Kentucky stinks in the red zone too, so uh, I feel your pain there. Yeah, I mean Brad White, <laughs> Mark Stu, I believe in those guys. I love those guys, and that's why I want them to win so badly on Saturday. Is because one, I care for them. Two, I love the program and the school and the fans. And three, it's Tennessee. This is a huge week, and got to get this win. Well, I went to a uh, preseason event, an off-the-record event, before this anything began. Brad White didn't like Tennessee there. I, I will not repeat what was said, but I can confirm he did not like Tennessee before this two-week span. So throw in the way his defense has looked. 
And I agree that he has probably not slept all week getting ready for this one. And will not sleep all week. And with that to be said, like the offense and special teams got to help him out too. Can't give this team short fields. You know, got to get back to playing complimentary football. Because um, the Missouri game, you look if you don't look at the scoreboard, you just look at the box score, it seemed like they played pretty good against the top 20 offense. But field position, like Freddie said, absolutely killed them. You know, absolutely killed them. And yeah, you can't have that anymore. Will it happen? Saturday night, 7 p.m., Kroger Field. Another bright spotlight in primetime at home. It's time for the Cats to deliver a dub. For Adam Luckett, Freddie Maggard, and Drew Franklin, I'm Nick Rouse. This has been the KSR Football Podcast presented by Justice Dental. Carl Pickles was also a safety. Sorry yes. about that. Go yes, Kroger. He was.